0: The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. Your host, Steve Heisler, creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center, has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 30 years and is bringing you answers to your questions. This is the Injured Senior Podcast.
1: You are listening to the Injured Senior Podcast. This is Steve Heisler, and I am speaking with Pat Moffitt, Alzheimer's advocate. Pat, what were some of the greatest challenges you faced as the caregiver for Carmen?
2: Well, the, the, the greatest challenge is really trying to, when uh, I was home, and uh, of course, she was okay for a little while, she could stay by herself, and she was on a medication, um and uh, th- that their only medications are only to slow down uh, the uh, the pr- progress of uh, of alzheimer's uh, and a lot of times in the early onset case that they they that medicine doesn't really work all that well, but in any case uh, was keeping up with her you're constantly running back and forth. Where did she go? What is she doing? that sort of thing and and that that was the toughest thing and Dr. Wolf Klein, that you mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, told me from the very first day and it made so much sense and, and I understood no time at all that the caregiver has to take care of themselves or this disease will claim two victims the caregiver and the patient and that's exactly what I was running myself into the ground uh, she was throwing things she was very violent and uh, I put her in a daycare center because I, you know I said okay I need coverage now And I said, let me, I still wanted to keep my job. I always told the caregiver, keep your job. And um, put her in a daycare center that was for Alzheimer's patients. But she was only, I think, 55 by that time. And most everybody in there was 80, 90 years old uh, with uh, dementia. And uh, she punched one of the old men out. And they called me up in my office and they said, you know, you better come down here. And I came down and they said, we had this issue. Uh, she, she bruised up this elderly man fairly bad. But, I mean, it was okay. You could just see he looked bad. And the, the uh, facility told me that we want to let you know, Mr. Moffitt, that that any liability for patient-to-patient violence is on this facility and on the patient's family that created the violent act. So I was really responsible along with them. Uh, for this, the condition of this man if his family wanted to take any action. Fortunately, they understood Alzheimer's and they understood Carmen's case and they didn't take any action. But, you know, I didn't even realize that I would I would be in a legal jam like this along with the facility. So at that point in time, she had to be taken out of there. They said, we can't have her anymore. She's too violent. So she went into a, uh, a hospital called Hillside Hospital on Long Island and what they do is they evaluate you for the use of uh, what they can use on you for antipsychotic drugs. But to do this, they have to monitor you 24-7 for three weeks. And when they at the end, when they came back with it, she was still violent when she was there, even on these powerful drugs, and uh, they found the mixture, the cocktail to put together. But then the doctors came to me, and they said, Mr. Marvin, this these drugs cannot be administered at home. They have to be done in a 24-7 facility. Your wife's case is so bad. And uh, they said, so we're highly recommended. We can not tell you what to do. We can't order you, but we got three doctors here. These are very well-known psychiatrists and neurosurgeons and so on, and said, you cannot take her home.
1: Pat, did she have a history of, or or her family have a history of dementia?
2: Well, uh, it's funny you should bring that up, Steve. No, to answer your question, because... No one understood what it was. Now, Carmen, her two sisters, and her brother, okay, Carmen was the first one diagnosed. Her two sisters and her brother also got it in their 50s, and they died in their 60s. So as oh. I was writing the book Ice Cream in the Cupboard*, I started to learn about genetics. And I said, you couldn't possibly have this many cases with not having a genetic connection. So I got a hold of, you know, and of course the, the father, the mother died of cancer and was very lucid when she died. I remember Carmen telling me that. But I had no information on the father. And I got a hold of one of the aunts of the family, an elderly lady about 85, and, 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 and Carmen's was name is Emilio. And I said, you know, can you tell me anything about Emilio? And I said, I know. Well, he, yeah, he drank. Like, uh, he died of cirrhosis of the liver, and he, did, he drank quite a bit, and that was the that was on his death certificate. So I said, can you tell me anything about him, his, any actions or things like that? She said, there was one odd thing. She said, Every, he worked as a cutter in the Garmin Center in Manhattan. And she said, he was going out to lunch and couldn't find his job. Wow. Then he left his job one night and couldn't find out where he lived. So there there was the connection, yeah, there was a the genetic connection that I made yeah yeah, look looks that way. No one knew what alzheimer's was, was really took it really seriously back then,
1: right, yeah, well, you know, and uh, Alzheimer's is obviously uh, as we've uh, as time has has moved on, it's becoming more and more of a problem nowadays, so but that's yeah. a whole other show I want to get back to the caregiver. Um, aspect of, of what you know of this whole thing can you share some other challenges that caregivers for Alzheimer's patients uh, especially people with uh, early onset what type of uh, challenges that the caregivers experience well you, you really have to try to I mean it, it's it's such a difficult task
2: uh, especially in the early onset bad at any level of course but uh, on the early onset uh, uh don't argue with the patient to go along with everything I said, because it's going to disappear in about 10 seconds. You know, they, they want to go out. My wife wanted to go out at one o'clock in the morning. We got into a fight and she punched me in the face. Okay. So next time she wanted to go out and I said, listen, you can't go. And I grabbed her arm. And when she started to swing this time, I just ducked and wrapped my hands around my head and said, please don't hit me. And she stopped immediately. So, you kind of learn these things as you go along because they're going to disappear in a few seconds. The other thing is, if you have a caregiver that you hire, they have to be in good physical condition because the patient definitely is. The only thing is their mind. Generally, early onset patients are in fairly good shape, and when they start to go and run away from you, they're gone.
1: Good information. Yeah, and one wouldn't think that you'd have to bring in somebody who's fit. Right, uh, yeah, because, yeah.
2: I met a very a nice woman who was recommended by a group in New York called Home Instead that, that does this kind of work, and she was very nice. She had taken care of other Alzheimer's patients before, but I never checked to see if they were early onset and, and find out later on. It wasn't. They were all quite old. And in any case, she was, uh, uh, I would say, well overweight and not in good physical condition at all. But, you know, she brought games. She seemed to know what she was doing, and it was fine. Well, sure enough, Carmen broke out of the house, and this woman, she was a mile mile away before the woman could get out the front door. And I happened to be coming home from work early that day, and as I was coming down, I see my wife with a a construction helmet on, and there's guys digging a hole in the ground. And she's talking to them like she wants to work with them. You know, put me to work, I I went, oh my God, it's my wife. I pulled the car over and I said, "Uh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I said my 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 wife has Alzheimer's disease and and she doesn't understand. They said, "Oh my god, we're so glad you're here. We didn't know what to do. We we're going to call the police." She's such a nice lady and she's dressed so nice. You know, so we gave her a helmet just to so we could figure out what to do. So getting mm-hmm. that caregiver that's in good physical shape, that can, you know, keep up with the patient is so important when you do that when you hire somebody. That
1: that is yeah, that is definitely uh uh, advice that should should definitely be uh, very helpful because, yeah, I mean, I it, just being being around my my friend with the early onset, he's not violent, at least not when I've been around him, but he just basically marches to the beat of his own drum and he actually has his own geriatric care manager that was working with him. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that is definitely good, good stuff that you're, uh, that you're giving us.
2: I have caregiver groups that I support on. I try to every month or, or before COVID, I try to take all these uh, early onset caregivers, about 10 of them in Nassau County, and I try to take them out for dinner. So they relax a little bit. I arrange for their, their loved ones to be watched by professional people and I pay for it. And so they can get out, have a little glass of wine, talk to other caregivers and now with the, uh, you know, uh, social uh, media being what it is and that uh, they kind of create their own Facebook pages together. And so they're, 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 they're all, their own caregivers are exchanging good information with each other. And, you That's, know, these are all early onset and I can see the bruises. One woman came in with a shoulder cast. Yeah. I said, what happened? She said, um, Larry threw the kitchen table at me. So, and these wow. were not unusual.
1: That's probably, that's probably the telltale sign to get somebody into a, a nursing home or some type of uh, uh, facility. Is that, is that accurate? Right.
2: But you know what? I, I have to tell you, Steve, that when it's spousal, the spouse always says, I can do this. This is my wife. This is my husband. I can handle this. I don't need to bring in special people. And a lot of them don't even want to do the medications. So, yes, you're right about the timing. But I've had one of the fellows that worked with me in, in my corporation before I retired. Uh, his, his, wife, uh, his brother's wife got it. And um, uh, the, the guy worked for FedEx. He was a driver. And the first thing he did was quit. And the case got worse. And they kept, the brother kept coming to me. And I said, listen, he has to get somebody. Yeah, of course, he's, he's going to get run down. I said, his immune system will start to fail. And that's why the caregiver has to be so worried about their own well-being. And I said, because when he gets run like this, when he gets run down, the first thing is a heart attack. That, you know, the whole, you're just overloaded. You're in overload. And sure enough, the following week, the brother had the heart attack hmm. because he refused to hire anybody. Fortunately, he recovered from it and hired a full-time person 24 hours a day. Yeah. But the spouse really feels, and I, I did too. I said, I could take care of my wife. You know, that's that's ridiculous. I, I can do this. I know, I know I have to watch out. I, I was so far off the money.
1: Let me ask you this, Pat. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, let's say we've got a caregiver uh, or someone uh, whose family member or spouse is suffering from early onset Alzheimer's, how can they get in touch with you if they wanted to ask you some questions or get some advice from you?
2: Uh, well, the, I think the the best one would be uh, Garrison, G-A-R-R-I-S-O-M, books, 2014, at gmail.com.
1: Okay, and, and what's your website address?
2: Uh, com, and you can leave a message there and as that, well.
1: Great. Uh, are you on any social media at all? Uh,
2: at the moment, we're working on a, you know, a ton of different things, and um, we have our, our, of course, we have the website pages and that, and we have a YouTube, we're on YouTube, and... Uh, and that's really uh, about it right now
1: okay well that's that i'm um, if anyone needs to get in touch with you they have uh, ample ways to find you uh pat thanks so much for coming on i know that uh thank you're you. you're real busy and you're involved in a lot of different uh activities on behalf of alzheimer's association and uh, caregiving so i really thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your experience uh, and uh, obviously you have vast uh, just so much knowledge we couldn't all get into this show but hopefully we can get you back on and, and uh, talk uh, some more about caregiving for uh, early onset Alzheimer patients I'm looking forward to having you back soon okay. uh, injured senior and aging population community thanks for listening to today's episode I want to again thank Pat Moffitt for appearing on the show today if you love the injured senior podcast We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. If you want to share your story, uh, maybe about your own experience uh, with a loved one with early onset Alzheimer's, feel free to email me at steve at com, or go to our website, www.injuredseniorpodcast.com, and right on the homepage, you can leave a message. And uh, I respond to all messages and emails. And uh, you can also uh, just get so much good information off of the website, InjuredSeniorPodcast.com. So until next time, thanks so much for, for being here today and listening to this episode. I'm looking forward to next week's show. Stay safe, and I will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Injured Senior Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us at InjuredSeniorPodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. To find out more or to get help at any time, visit InjuredSeniorPodcast.com or call 855-622-6530. That's 855-622-6530.